Welcome back. Another King of Podcasts extra. This time we're doing wrestling. And I'm going to go and do a quick review and recap of the Ring of Honor New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Supercard, which was fantastic tonight from Madison Square Garden. I have to give some real credit and kudos to Ring of Honor New Japan tonight. They delivered what would normally be a Russell Kingdom show, except that America. That's basically what they did tonight. They did an excellent job. I give them all the credit in the world. They did so well. And they put together a good show. Listen, they had factors that were in play that people were kind of concerned about. They weren't sure how they were going to do. Because first of all, before this all got put together, the elite were still prominent on the Ring of Honor roster. And people were looking forward to those guys. But this has all worked out much better for the major independents altogether. Okay? Because when you're looking at everything that's happened, the one thing that was most important is that now we're getting three major shows this year, or actually four major shows that... WWE has to be concerned about. Like I said, they can go ahead and do what they're doing as always with their lineups and what they're doing with their shows, but it still comes down to the fact that they are should be concerned about what their rosters are going to do because there's some fun wrestling going on that even if it's not WrestleMania weekend or if it is WrestleMania weekend, not one of these companies have made it yet to the big time where they can do it consistently and compete and that's not going to happen right away we know that but what was important this year which is what i talked about all through the off season especially towards the end of the year was that the major dependents were going to make some roles but we saw more happening than we thought because we heard about the supercard and they put it together without cody without hangman page without the young bucks and many others that could have been brought on that have now been signed by All Elite Wrestling. No Chris Jericho, no Kenny Omega. And this show, top to bottom, was excellent. They really had a good show. All together tonight had a couple title changes and great. I think they did an excellent job tonight. They put some really great shows. And not for nothing, Ring of Honor really got help because New Japan really came all out. New Japan knew that they get this chance to go and be at the garden and they get to do this show. And there was such a crowd that was there to go and see those matches with some of those big, big ring of those big, big New Japan stars, the guys they see in Japan all the time and to get them here in New York. And people were stoked. The New York fans were excited. This didn't even have to happen in a Hammerstein ballroom or something of a smaller nature. This was a Madison square garden. And Ring of Honor, New Japan, they made that arena look spectacular. They gave us old school pyro. So it felt like, you know, sounded like what a WCW show would look like. But I think the production team did well. I think the announcing was quite good. I think Rick Abani and Colt Cabana and Kevin Kelly and then Chris Charlton coming in and Cedric Alexander, I think collectively did a very good job on commentary. They kept it exciting. And, you know, it's like the same idea of you have Mauro Ronaldo doing the NXT show last night. And the takeover show was great. And, you know, you get good excitement, good crowd. And that's great. Like, they really did step it up. But I'll tell you, I ordered the pay-per-view. Fight TV was working perfect tonight. No issues whatsoever. And 
the card was just, I mean, from top to bottom. I couldn't believe how much they put on here, but we got 12 matches tonight and it was jam packed. Now, two matches we did not get and they were run before the show came on. So obviously it started around like six o'clock over there in New York City. So there was a, what, a six woman tag team match. And Kajetsu, Jenny Rose, and Hazuki defeat Hanakamura, Stella Gray, and Sumi Sakai. And Kenny King would win the Honor Rumble for a future Ring of Honor World title shot. So that could be a TV episode or it could be somewhere down the line. But a lot of things happened on the show tonight. This was like a WrestleMania feel because they did have big moments at what the biggest show of the year. Usually the biggest show of the year's final battle, but this year, this is the show. The Supercard did a lot of things. This is what you expect WrestleMania to do from a certain scale, but and from a bigger scale because they got a crowd that's going to be five times bigger, almost five times bigger. You're going to have that stadium jam-packed, and you're going to have all the resources and all that money that's put into the show. This is the night where you really go crazy. So Ring of Honor and New Japan raised the bar. They made sure that, you know, Things that happened on this show stood out and they're going to have some people talking about it because a few things happened. Very interesting. A lot of things were planned, but then some things were were not. (laughs) We'll talk about that in a minute. But the matches itself. Okay. You start off with Jeff Cobb and Will Ospreay. Title for title. Winner takes all. Never overweight championship held by Will Ospreay. Jeff Cobb, Ring of Honor television champion. What an awesome opener match. These guys, I mean, Jeff Cobb is just a freak of nature. And it's like, there's like the mobility, almost like Keith Lee. And it's like Samoa Joe, but much more agile and much more flexible and much more acrobatic. I mean, Jeff Cobb, I mean, like a, I mean, like, like a lightweight. Okay. Looking like he's 180 pounds. Kips up like it's nothing. Then, stand around somersault and just, I mean, the guy's just got so much going on. You, you wonder why, you know, we haven't heard, well, we've heard about this guy for a long time, but let me tell you, Jeff Cobb is, he got signed. He's a star right now. And I think Jeff Cobb right now holding the TV title will only be for a short time, but I think Jeff Cobb made himself big here and taking a win over Will Ospreay, was huge for him. Will Ospreay, big time over. So now Jeff Cobb on the New Japan circuit, now he gets to be double champion. He's made a big deal. They put him over big. They are putting a lot behind him, and I have no doubt they're going to make that guy eventually take on G. They're actually going to, he's eventually going to go out to the world title, but we know that probably won't be with uh, anybody time soon because he's kind of the face and, you know, there was a title change tonight. We'll talk about that in a minute. So anyway, that match was fantastic. Lots of back and forth. And they just strong too. And Jeff Cobb, I mean, just like taking that Spanish fly, just taking some of the moves that he did were just incredible. I mean, I couldn't believe how agile, what they were able to do together. Because, you know, I saw the match they had last, uh, what, the 17th anniversary where Jeff Cobb had his match and which is badass, badass. And you just look at him, just saying, man, you just couldn't come through with all that was happening. It was great. So this show tonight, if you, you know, obviously those that did watch it 
I mean, there were a lot more people that normally would not, but there were a lot more people watching tonight. It was kind of like that Wrestle Kingdom atmosphere. So you get that going on. And then just even when the match started with these guys, European uppercut to start off and then just a whole lot of things going on. And, you know, you get a couple of the uh, false finishes, but then I'll tell you another thing I really enjoy is that tour of the islands move. The finisher by Jeff Cobb is, is dominating. It looks good. And they just did that well. Now, next match is Dalton Castle versus Roosh. By the way, this was a throwaway match. We all felt like that coming in. And what a good job Ring of Honor did here. They definitely pulled out all the stops with him and the boys and the full flamboyant Dalton Castle came out and displayed himself coming into the match. 15 seconds and Roosh finished him off with three double knees into the corner and that was it. And Dalton Castle snapped. (laughs) He just went heel. And it was done very well. And you kind of saw it coming after the match. And I'm like, wow, man, what a good job. And it's at the right time. I think it's a very good time to let Dalton Castle turn heel again. I mean, I guess he was a heel before because it was just cocky. But now he's more of an evil heel. This heel turns getting much more significant. And I think that's what you need to do to extend this character's, this gimmick out. Because... Something more needed to happen to this guy. It was like the Dawn Castle gimmick's been good for about a good two years. We ran two, almost three years on that gimmick and it was strong and people were all about it. You know, you heard me on this show praising Dalton Castle, but the steam was running out. I mean, we were seeing the whole deal over and over and I think, and everybody even felt like when we heard the builds for the match, it just like it was all of a sudden and they put it together and I'm like, well, look at that. Roosh looks strong. Dalton Castle doesn't get anywhere with the match, and there's the significance of the match. The heel turn comes to play, and it was well executed. I liked it. And now he's against the boys, but now we're going to have to find his explanation as to what happened to him and why he did what he did. So good stuff all around. Now, it's interesting. I did say Kenny King. Oh, no, I said Juice Thunder Liger would win on a rumble. Oh, how about that? I did say Jeff Cobb would win, which that was good. And... Let's see, what was the other part? I did say Roosh over Dalton Castle. So, eh, so far, you know, I didn't, I wasn't perfect on everything, but I thought I was doing pretty good with a lot of it. So, anyway, moving along. Kelly Klein against Mayu Iwatani. You know, the CDs two, again, I think they had a decent match, but again, a little sloppy, these two. I like Kelly Klein a lot. I like her character a lot. I just think that maybe it's just, maybe just, you know, not getting to work with a lot of the Japanese wrestlers as much. But, I mean, she's improved herself a lot. And I, I really like this character. I like her a lot. And I think she does pretty good. But I think, you know, it's been kind of look out where some of those matches don't come out very fluid. And it's unfortunate like that. But, you know, it's what goes on. And they had a good match. It wasn't very long, 10 minutes. They put it together. And she gets the belt back. So after winning it before, another big night where she wins the belt again. And, you know, it's funny how they let her win the belt. What was it, back at Final Battle, I think it was? And then they, she, you know, loses in the, uh, and it it was a fatal four-way. Then she drops it. Then she gets it back here. And, you know, I don't, not much for the flip-flip of the the belts, but obviously the women's division is going to get some push and, and some change now. And that's what we definitely saw in this. 
And that said, when we finished the match with K-Power, well, the beautiful people come out. And Manny Leon, who's kind of played like kind of friend-friend to Kelly Klein, attacks Kelly Klein. And then we hear the, and then we see the name for Manny Leon joining the beautiful people. They're going to be called the Allure. This is fascinating. And I think this is a kind of vehicle that will get Manny Leon over because this fits for her. Because she is, she would fit the beautiful people part. I think if those Sky Angeline love, you know, you bring that gimmick back. It took a while to get that all the way through, but like they took, took, they took some time. But I think you can do something with that and you can build upon that faction and that would be something else you build upon against the lady wrestlers. I mean, there's a good story there besides the title picture. The title picture still stays involved with this faction, but you know, it's just like a faction like they have with a kingdom or with the bullet club elite. It's just the women finally get a faction now and this is the one. So Nothing new with Ring of Honor doing factions, but now doing it for the women is a different story, and it's a nice change. And it's nice to see these two back, and it's nice to see Manny Leon being brought into the mix, basically getting the endorsement from Angelina Love and Velvet Sky. That's going to help her out, because she's been just sitting out there looking pretty and not much more to her. So this is something that she needed to really stand out, and maybe she'll become something more. Listen. The dollhouse and impact wrestling after beautiful people went away. You know, I really felt like Taryn Terrell helped out Mia Yim and Marty Bell. I think that helped them out. I mean, I think Mia Bell, Mia Yim, excuse me, really stood out more as a result. And that's why she got looked at by the NXT crew and WWE after uh, the Mae Young Classic. That kind of thing happens. And Marty Bell never came back, you know, just decided to like stay out. And that's it. But like, seriously, you know, I think there have been good, effective three person, three women factions, and we've had a couple, but I think right here is a good thing. So keep that up, and it's like they're at least working somewhere else, which is good. And hopefully that continues. Like I don't know how long they're going to be together, and how long this faction is going to be in Ring of Honor, but I'm welcoming to it. And it's just fresh, new blood, and it's also something different to do with the story. You're already familiar with the characters, so the allure is a good name for them. This was pretty well thought out. So we all thought Juice Robinson was not going to make the match because there was footage earlier in the night that he wasn't going to get out because he got hurt. So Flip Gordon does make it for the match and answers the open challenge. But then we also get Lifeblood coming out. So Juice comes out, brings out Mark Haskins, and then six-man street fight, three-on-three New York City street fight. Lots of table sticks, you know, this and that. Hey, a bit of the ECW feel, which is this match replaces on Wrestle Kingdom the strong style matches. It's like usually like Shabbat against somebody, right? So you get that match. It was just kind of there. I didn't take too much into it. One thing that you did see was uh, a lot of kendo sticks being swacked at, at other wrestlers very hard and seeing those sticks break. So like... They were really going all out on that. Especially Flip Gordon took one with a welt to the back. And I'm like, wow, man, what are you? Dude, can we all stop trying to be Tommy Dreamer for a minute, please? But Flip Gordon, man, to his credit, he took it. And, man, he was hurting after that. But he did all right. Anyway, Flip Gordon Lifeblood win in that match. Then next match you put up there, 
Okay, 15 minutes for the New York City fight, and then the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, which you could give them more time to these guys, but man, what a hell of a match, too. Oh, my God. Uh, Dragon Lee, Taiji Ishimori, and Bandito. These guys ran the table, man. That was a fun match, too, man. Nine minutes on that match. And a lot of stuff going on. They all got their moves in. It was just strong, strong, strong. And so Dragon Lee wins the match. And he becomes a new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Which, by the way, three guys from three different promotions. And that looked good. All looked really good. It was just... And and also seeing, you know, the CMLL relationship now with Ring of Honor New Japan. It's awesome. It's good to see those guys working together in a complete thing right here. That is promising and I'm looking forward to like Rush and Bandito have not disappointed they have stood out strong and what is interesting is that Bandito did take the pin so Ishimori did not was kicked out of the ring before the matches ended up and Bandito took Dragon Lee's finisher Dragon Driver and took the pin interesting on that so Rush stays strong but Bandito was given a loss Take that in the mind, too. Just thought it was quite interesting in that match as well. Then you got the winner-take-all four-way tag team match, <laughs> IWGP, and the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. For me, look, I mean, the Evil and Sonata are great characters, and I think uh, Briscoe's always are good for this, but let me tell you, man, PCO and Brody King, <laughs> they did a good job of introducing PCO, man. They did the whole Frankenstein thing out there, and it's uh, sidekick Destro. Which you know they took from G.I. Joe and Cobra Commander. And you see these guys come out there and then just, I mean, the crowd was so hot for PCO. And that guy just was reckless abandon again. I mean, he threw himself, he got himself thrown outside, straight on his back, somersaults. It just, he just didn't give a shit. He did not give a shit. And they, him and Brody King are just fun to watch. And I hate to say, but like the Briscoe brothers are just, they are shadowed by how this team is so entertaining. But you're just out there like, man, you're just going all over each other. And end of the match, Briscoe stopped the magical killer. Jay has a driller before Mark hits a froggy bow for a near fall that onto Brody King that gets broken up. And then PCO hits a senton onto the apron. Brody with a gonzo bomb. PCO diving headbutt. And Girls of Destiny come back in. They powerbomb PCO over the top rope out of the ring <laughs> onto the floor. And then he comes back up and he goes, Rah! like the, and the crowd just loved it, man. They were all into him, but he does fall right back down. Like, you know, so there's like, does he not undertaker strong or something like that? Not supernatural kind of thing. Jito hits Brody with a kendo stick. Tonga has the gun stun. Jito hit a super power bomb for the win. And Girls of Destiny now both hold the new the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles and the New Japan Pro Wrestling World Tag Team titles. So I don't know what the next show is supposed to be, but obviously those titles will be defended at some point. You know, Ring of Honor New Japan are not going to hold each other's belts for too long, I wouldn't imagine. But I think that just leaves room now for the Briscoes and PC and Brody King to continue their feud. They don't have to work for the belts. They could just continue to feud right now, and that would be fine with me. I think that's what you do, because the tag team division is kind of quiet right now anyway. So you do this right here, and it's good. Then you got 
15-minute match was Zack Sabre Jr. over Troshi Tanahashi, British heavyweight title. Zack Sabre Jr. Is a, is a hell of a guy, man. Just long and lean and really, you know, some of the stuff I saw were that Pete Dunn-Walter match from the night before was interesting. They had that there. And also the Kotobushi and Tatsuya Naito did a move that Walter and Pete Dunn did last night. But, you know, what are you going to say? You're going to see some of that copy from others, but it's not like on purpose. But Zack Sabre Jr., hell of a match with Tanahashi. These guys had a good match, 15 minutes. And Zack Sabre Jr. retains. And I had said, what did I say? So I said Ishimori would win, and I was wrong. I said PC Roberto King would win. I was wrong. <laughs> that happens. That's okay. And I said Tanahashi would win. I was wrong. See, I'm allowed to do that. And those kind of things happened, right? Kotobushi and Tetsuya Naito. This was, you know, this might have been my favorite match of the night. Those two know each other so well. They obviously had a good promo, a good uh, package that really showed how well they worked together. And those guys just tore it up. This is for the IWGP Intercontinental title. And Naito had not won this belt. And it was, oh, no, sorry, Ibushi had not won this belt. He was trying to live up to the names of those before him. So Okada and Nakamura and others. And I'm like, wow, man, hell of a match. Like, that was good stuff. And like, you're so, you see those guys out there and they're like, fluid, lots of chemistry. It was just a good, smooth match. And they just great moves on each other. Really, really good stuff. These guys, this is the epitome of the good stuff that New Japan has. And this is not even the top of the card. So that's just the quality they have, you know, on their roster and what they have up there that people can enjoy. Then you got Matt Taven against Jay Lethal Marty Skrull, three-way ladder match, which, you know, Matt Taven doing pretty good, got heat big time. They were, fuck you, Matt Chance out there pretty well. And Marty Skrull was way over, and so was Jay Lethal. He had a different feel to it, but, you know, I did feel like Jay Lethal, I don't know if he was going to hold on to that belt or not. I wasn't sure. And I picked Marty Skrull to win that match, so I was wrong there too. <laughs> but I kind of figured Jay Lethal was going to be, he was due to drop the belt. It felt like it was he had it for so long, I felt it was due. And at this point, it wouldn't have been a bad place. Uh, but good match. You see these guys together and lots of ladders, and they just really threw each other into some real crazy crap in that match. Just something else. And it's all of a sudden done like just... Some of the, I mean, I did see a couple things new with the ladders where you see the ladders being put into like an X and then I think it was Jay Lethal to drop Matt Taven uh, front first into the into the ladders and that looked pretty pretty nasty. Like all of it looked really just strong, but like they really, tables outside, ladders outside, they really went all out. It was like a Money in the Bank match. They just, they really went through the whole thing and then, Matt Taven sinking in to get the win and win in a ladder match. That looked good. And, you know, Matt just kind of just cheating his way to get to the win, you know, hitting Jay with the belt while it was hanging and knocked off Jay Lethal. And Matt Taven now is champion. I wasn't sure how it was going to work out, but this way getting him into this triple threat was good. I thought that was a good way to do that and it was a good way to set it up. So Matt Taven right now, you can have Jay Lethal Marty Skrull go after him again. You could do a lot of different things here. But Matt Taven now, being the jerk, he's going to come out with that belt and he's going to come out real hard. And remember, the whole story with him being the real Ring of Honor world champion 
and Jay Lethal destroyed that belt. Now he has the now he has the real deal. So everything coming back to bite. And that story's being told, and you can continue that story with him and Jay, and now the tables have turned. So that's a good story to tell as well. Like I'll tell you, there's some good stories that came out of Ring of Honor here altogether. They told some good stories, and we had good outcomes. And like I said, this was no exhibition tonight. I mean, you had several matches that mattered, and we got good storylines from it. So now, look look at what we got from Ring of Honor's perspective if you're looking to watch a TV show going forward. Okay, Kenny King now has the has the, a title opportunity. Is he going to get a chance to go after Matt Taven? Will that be the next place he goes with it? Jeff Cobb looking strong, double title holder. Dalton Castle turned heel. Kelly Klein retained, got her belt back. And then you see... Obviously, the continuation probably of PC on Brody King going forward against the Briscoes. And then Matt Taven winning the Ring of Honor World title. That's a lot of good stuff to talk about throughout the show. And Allure, the creation of the Allure going after Kelly Klein. Those are a lot of good storylines to play off of. And they only got an hour-long show. So they can stretch all that out through all their tapings they're going to do after the fact. That's good stuff. They are, Ring of Honor's in a good spot. And I think I'm compelled to start watching the show a little more. Often it's just a matter of you know catching what I need to, and that's what I need to do more of. So they did a good job, hell of a good job. Next, uh, you have Kazuka Kazuka Okada Rainmaker against Jay White, and you know Jay White comes in obviously with the belt with a different swagger and a different feel to himself. And I don't know with him, it's like I look at him, I'm like, I said to myself, man. There's something about um this like his look long match, and I think you know JY was just really playing cocky and just felt like you know, oh, some points Okada just didn't have what it takes to take Jay down, and Jay was resilient and very cocky and just kind of just playing smart ass. Now I forgot one thing to talk about before in that tag team match, Enzo Amori and Big Cass. They, sh- they jumped the rail. They were in the crowd at G1 Supercard. They were not shown on television. I did not see them on television. And others can vouch for that too. And they were thrown out. And there were reports coming for the arena that Bully Ray was pissed off at them. And the Briscoes also had to get involved. And they were tossed out by security. <laughs> How quickly Big en- Enzo and Big Cass. I mean, like, think about it, man. Doing that just shows bitterness. Like, what would you go ahead and do that for? I mean, again, Enzo, another time he comes out to try to get attention. I'm like, for, okay, the last time was to get the, the concert thing going, right? And this here, it's like, this is like a last stitch ever to get noticed. Like, both of these guys, Enzo and Cass, like Enzo, I mean, yeah, he probably got short end of the stick, but he was also not liked. He was not persona non grata over there. So he burned his bridge. He's not coming back. And Big Cass, same way. You know, he's shown himself to be, you know, a nuisance. He doesn't behave well. And he made some enemies over there, too. So these guys are just not doing good. Maybe this is something to kind of catch, like the the Indies to kind of like grab attention to them and get them out there. Because look, oh, look, they're together. And you're doing their stick again. But, okay, that's only going to work for you so far. And they did that, and it was stupid. Very stupid. So back to the IWGP title match with Okada and Jay White. So 
it was good. And towards the end, a lot of times trying to get the Rainmaker for Sneer Falls for Okada. And the match, Jake counters the Rainmaker, hits uh, once before Okada, hits two Rainmaker Lariats and a spinning tombstone pile driver and a third Rainmaker for the win. So Okada gets the belt back. And at a show that's not in, it's not in Japan, not at a Wrestle Kingdom show, Okada goes back to becoming champ. We get a title change, which those things are rare. That doesn't happen much, but Okada winning the belt and GY not having it. I mean, yeah, it's understood too, but like not predictable tonight. I made a lot of mistakes on my, on my predictions and that's okay. That tells you that, that the whole card was done well. A lot of different things to talk about. This was an A show. And what's good about this is that we get a second show now that this year has performed well. Okay. Wrestle Kingdom, obviously. Ring of Honor G1 Supercard is a success. They pulled it off. That crowd loved it. The production value was good. It looked great. The arena looked great. They looked, they looked big league. They looked WWE competition. They looked like WWE competition. Like if WCW were around today, it felt like that. But Wrestle, but obviously New Japan knows how to throw these big shows. It definitely had the big fight feel across. A lot of good matches. A very well done show. Very, very well done. So NXT TakeOver was no, was, was no uh, pushover. Very good pay-per-view yesterday. I give that an A. This gets an A for me tonight. WrestleMania's got some work to do. You know, they have to step up and make sure that enough is going on to really make that that show stand out and that's what's going on. So keep that all in mind and we're going to keep an eye on things because the postseason is going to be interesting. Keep in mind, we got two more big shows left for the year in major independence. All elite wrestling will again come up the week after money in the bank, which is on May 19th, by the way, money to make moves to May. So the next pay-per-view after WrestleMania is money in the bank. No extreme rules. That's good. That's actually, uh, that's going to keep things up. I like that a lot. So now, after WrestleMania, you're going to have the Superstar Shake-Up a couple weeks later, leading into Money in the Bank. All that right there will lead things up. And that's good to get Money in the Bank here now to get things started on the next person that's going to be able to have the chance to go to the champ, whoever that might be. We're all excited about that. That's the other paper we really enjoy. So they tied it up now closer to WrestleMania. That's smart. And also the Saudi Arabia show that was planned for what was a May 3rd will not be. So that's another good thing that comes into play. The room is left open now, not for Saudi Arabia, but for money, in the bank after WrestleMania and for the superstar shakeup. So things can get played out. Storylines can continue. So that is the room they got going for them tomorrow or today as I recorded it because now it's about 1.20 in the morning. And there you go. So congrats, Ring of Honor. Now, I know AAA's got a show going on. They're going to get set up in Madison Square Garden. That'll be another great show I'll look forward to watching. I don't know how they're going to do as well as this show did, but, you know, Ring of Honor New Japan forces together very strong showing tonight. They were impressive. They did what they needed to do tonight. I think they exceeded expectations. I think everybody worked really hard. I think we had a lot of great matches. I mean, I really, the only thing I just didn't, wasn't so big was, uh, you know, the 
New York City, New York City street fight. Otherwise, I think everything else was done very well. I think they did a really great job. And it's got a lot of good wrestlers on the card. And the fact that they had to make so many changes in the roster over the, over the holidays and AEW acquiring talent and keeping that in mind, like through all the acquisitions and then Ring of Honor doing the right thing, you know, their New Japan relationship is well intact and strong. And then being able to go and do what they need to do to build their stars because all their stars look like stars tonight. I mean, Matt Taven looked like a, looked like a real big star tonight. Kelly Klein looked good deal tonight. And I just feel like, you know, across the board, Roosh looked good. I mean, they, they just got good stars right now that look really strong. And they're, you know, just everybody looked good. It was, you know, it's a level you just don't see much, but everybody put out a good show. So a big A plus, a big A, uh, A plus basically. Yeah. I'll give it that. And I hope WrestleMania can live up to this. Because what a hell of a show, man. I was going to try to get Chuck to watch it, but eh. He was a little bit under the weather. But I think he'll be all mended up for tomorrow. We'll worry about that. Anyway, thanks for listening to this extra. Recapping the G1 Supercard. Fantastic show. I really enjoyed it. And I hope you tell people to go ahead and watch this show and catch it on the replay. However you got to watch it. Because it was worth it. It's a hell of a show. It was fantastic. I really enjoyed it a lot. And I did not miss the Hall of Fame. Wasn't even thinking about it. So there you go. So anyway, be back tomorrow night on the regular Wrestling is Real podcast where I will record a recap of WrestleMania. We'll do that tomorrow on the Wrestling is Real podcast over at kingofpodcasts.com. Look for that show and hopefully you're subscribed to it and you rate and review. We hope you do. I hope you do. And until next time, remember, Stick around for more Wrestling is Real podcast because wrestling needs us.